podcast with Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Pulp MX podcast show. I haven't done one of these for a while, but uh, figured I'd do one now. And I'm with uh, one of the one of the big guys, one of the top dogs in Canadian moto, uh, Brett Lee of the infamous uh, Lee family. They they run the Walton Show, Walton Amateur Nationals, Walton the Pro National. Um, Brett's been a longtime friend of mine, and I'm happy to uh, have him on. What's up, B Lee? Oh, uh, like I said, not too much. Just enjoying a. Nice day here in Canada, looking outside, and yeah. you saying it's cold, and me looking at the snow and thinking, is it really cold there? <laughs> it, it's got to be Celsius right now, 10 to 15. Well, I'm going out to make an ice rink later on tonight, so that's how cold <laughs> it is here. Yeah, I was just, that's true. I was that's the honest truth I'm doing that. I was just there in, uh, in Winnipeg, and yeah, it's cold. Um, yeah. Making an ice rink, though, not easy. A lot of work. No, it, yeah, I gotta it is. You got boards and yeah. stuff, or now just just. I the... got the boards. I got everything up. The sides are all up, and I'm just uh, been waiting for that perfect time to pull the trigger and laying the plastic, and putting the water in. It. It's going to go in. Uh, everything's going to be in by tomorrow night, and I'm banking that it's sub zero to uh, the end of the year. Wow, yeah, a lot of work. I dude. make all the kids in the neighborhood happy. That's what I do. Right it, now, how big is it? It, it ain't. It, it's not NHL regulation or nothing, right? No, it's not NHL. It's like uh, fifty by forty. Oh yeah, nice size. It's big. Yeah. It's big. How's the water yeah. bill? How's the water bill at the Lee household for that? We ignore that. We don't look at that. <laughs> it's cheaper than a babysitter. I know that. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, so what's what's going on with you? How are you? What's happening? Um, you know, for people who don't know, you're head of Ontario CMRC region. You're head of the Ontario region. Is that? And yeah. I mean, I'm more. I'm like. A, uh, for sure, I have a lot of responsibility in Ontario. I have a lot of responsibility with CMRC, sort of being a uh, someone that regions can call and talk to, and we talk a lot. Uh-huh. I, I help build the rules. I do the uh, event management for the national. So I sort of get a you know a pretty broad job yeah. description, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So if someone from Manitoba calls, you're not just going to hang up on them. No. Well, no, no, for sure. No, I, uh, yeah, like for uh, different regions call me throughout the year. If they're doing uh, AGM, so they're doing uh, regional rule amendments and stuff like that, I'll sort of wade through those waters with them and, uh, yeah, help them get scheduling, uh, sort of coordinate stuff, try and bring a bit of consistency from, say, Vancouver to New Brunswick. And, and that's really right. important, especially when it comes down to doing things like our amateur nationals and stuff like that, just having that a little bit of consistency to sort of build a program off of. Nice. Yeah. Yes, it keeps you busy. Um, yeah, busy enough. What uh, big things in Canadian moto? Um, Blackfoot folding up, which is uh, you know to the, a shame. Um, a multi multi time uh, championship winning team folding up. But the uh, the good news is, if you're a KTM fan, you've got uh, Fasciati and Clat and uh, to cheer for next year. That was kind of a bombshell. Did you have any idea Blackfoot was was done? I mean, you hear these Blackfoot are done stories. Um, a lot, but you know they always keep coming back and trotting it out and winning again. But did you have any idea? Yeah. What did it take you? Take I, you I didn't actually have any idea. And it's funny. I talked to some of the guys from Yamaha. Just ran into them on a weekend, and the week before that announcement was made, and they didn't know it was coming down, right? And I'm the same as you. Every year, you sort of hear some stu- different stuff from Cut from the Blackfoot camp whatever, of what they're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Pardon? Cutbacks or something? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And. And in all honesty, out of all the teams, and it, it can be seen in their presentation, is that 
Blackfoot really did treat this as a business. I mean, it was a passion of theirs. You can tell that, too. But it's a business to them. And if, if the numbers weren't adding up, uh, that was sort of the major deciding factor for those guys, as yeah. opposed to, you know, a, a family like, uh, say, the Moffin buyers who are pushed by, you know, they love their son and they're going to do whatever it takes to get them to the races sort of thing, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was kind of a surprise, but in on the same hand, it wasn't a little su- uh, surprising because I know the direction Yamaha is kind of pushing a lot of uh, – their sponsored pros in, and that's supporting regional uh, programs as well as national programs. Right. So for a team like uh, Yamaha, they want to see not just the nine nationals and Montreal Supercross, but they also want to see a bit of a presence at amateur regional events and stuff like that, like racing a, an Ontario Provincial Series or something like that. Right. So right. that's not something that Blackfoot was in a position to do. I mean, they're not going to haul that rig and that team around Alberta right. to some right. of the regional tracks. So. Yeah. You know, there was probably a little bit of a difference in opinion on what they wanted to accomplish. And I know Yamaha really wants to, I mean, their dollar in Canada, it's a little different. I mean, there's in this just big pro budget and an amateur budget, so to speak. It, it's a racing budget, and they got to make that racing budget work on all levels of racing. And so you can sort of see that in their in their pro, Yamaha's programs going out this year. I mean, yeah, Blackfoot stepped back, but I know the Moffenbeier program is going to be stepped up and uh, possibly the Allisons and uh, Cal Keast here in Ontario. So, right. yeah, yeah, there isn't that big rig, but there's there's still teams out there, and those guys are going to probably show up at a lot more regional events as well just to have a bit more of a presence because the race season is short. I mean, it's April to October, and, and the rest of the time there's nothing going on in this country. So, you know, it's got to be more than those 10 races to get to, for Yamaha to sort of really justify the kind of dollars they want to put into racing. So Yeah, I mean, I, I see the, the direction <laughs> they're taking. I don't really necessarily agree with it. Um, I mean, you know, there's nothing like winning, winning the national championships um, and being on the best riders in Canada to sell your sure. to sell your brand. It, there's, no, there's no way that you can tell me that this wasn't a cost-saving measure. They can tell you that they're going in a different direction. They can tell you that they want to do, and it's great that they're sticking around and helping out the regional. Don't get me wrong. Much better yeah. than, say, a manufacturer like Honda, who appears to be doing very little in Canada. So it's great that they're yeah. sticking around. But this is nothing but a cost-saving measure, and we'll see how it works. It's too bad. But on the flip side, if you're KTM, you're pumped. Andy White um, went in and scooped up Bassiati and Klatt, and they're – now looking like they're going to capture their first uh, Canadian uh, 450 title. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of a program that you see right across the world right now from KTM. I mean, that's not right? a, I know, a huh? unique trait. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's something they're doing everywhere, right? I mean, yeah. that program, it's funny. I was looking at the photos of uh, Colton, and, I mean, if you put a number five on that bike, it would have looked like Gunji, right? I mean, it's the same sort of bike. Yeah. It looks like the same bike. It looks like the same sort of rider, you know, same yeah. gear. There's a lot of similarities right across the world right now. So that's kind of cool in that, uh, you know, KTM's kind of pooling those resources and putting like, on this sort of more – I mean, it is a, they are putting a push on in Canada, but they're yeah. putting a push on everywhere as far as I can see. Um, and uh, yeah. To me, you know, I've gone to races uh, on both sides of the border, and i I, I got to believe Canada is one of KTM's stronger markets. It may be even stronger than – the U.S. probably sells more just because there's a lot more people here that race dirt bikes. Yeah. But yeah. I would say on a percentage basis, I guarantee you Canada is a bigger market for KTM. If you have a pot- and you want to know it's funny, uh, this is what I think is interesting, too, because we go back to our discussion there about Yamaha a few seconds ago. Yeah. One of the things KTM really, really does well 
is they get their dealers involved with riders at that sort of grassroots level. Like you come to a regional race, and there is five different KTM shops who are sponsoring good riders, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. through a partnership with KTM Canada. Right. So, you know, you may see maybe that's part of the reasoning behind Yamaha. I mean, right now in Canada, it's Yamaha and KTM that are the sort of mm-hmm. uh, seem to control the market but also control the race scene too. So yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe Yamaha's looking at that and thinking that way. But I can tell you right now too, like I said, KTM sponsors a lot of people on a regional level uh, and go racing too, not right. just, you know, sponsor guys who aren't at the track. These guys are at the track all the time. So yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting philosophy. Anyways, I think it's great for KTM. It's cool to see that Red Bull uh, stuck around too. I mean, they were with that Blackfoot program. They could have disappeared. Fox, the same thing. So credit to those two guys too. Like when that team disappeared, I mean, really it was just, they moved over to another team and kept supporting Canadian motocross. So those guys deserve some credit too. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, you you just told me about how Yamaha and KTM are the two dominant colors in regional and pro racing. Maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, pro racing anymore for Yamaha, but whatever for years. And, you know, they both have supported the national series. And, you know, I yeah. can't help but wonder what the other OEMs maybe are thinking. I mean, Kawasaki's there. They're, they're helping out. They're doing the leading edge team. Um, Yep. You know, they're they're dipping their toe in the water. But uh I don't know. It just seems like uh um you know, we need more more OEMs involved, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But for now, um what about when's the schedule coming out? When are we seeing that? Uh any day. It's just a couple final contracts being done and yeah. uh I I would say I'd be surprised if the the schedule is not out before New Year's. So it's it's sitting there. Uh, right. It's been presented at some of the sponsor meetings and stuff like that. It's just finalizing a couple of contracts, and it's sometimes it, that's the hardest part to do. Everyone agrees, like I said to you earlier. It's easy to agree over the phone or in person, but uh, yeah. when it gets done in writing, you know, everyone scrutinizes a little bit longer. So yeah. it's just uh, I think it's just down to one contract, and and once that's signed and sealed, uh, we're basically getting ready to go racing. And yourself, uh, in, in how many, June. how many, yeah, how many years uh, for yourself? Uh, as um, I mean, you used to race, uh, but yeah. how many years for you as a let's say one of the guys at CMRC going to either Ontario local races every um, every weekend or or the national series? How many years has it been? Um, I've, I've been working with CMRC as a sort of like a full time employee since two thousand two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And uh, but before that, I, I mean, I wanted to race, so I went across the country and I put up banners and raced the nationals that way too. Oh, okay. So yeah, I did that for a couple of years where I, I'd go and race, and I drove to CMRC. They gave me their their truck to get my bikes there, and uh, I put up the banners on the Saturday and raced on the Sunday. <laughs> nice. So I could have, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you gotta do what you not gotta the do. best way to do it, but uh, right. it gets you there, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so are you are you getting? Are you getting a little burnt out? You still want to keep doing it? You still like it? You still enjoy it? Um, I wouldn't say burnt out, but I definitely want to. Uh, uh, I, I'm getting opportunities that are allowing me to sort of take do different things, and that's mm-hmm. really what I want to do. I want to have a bit of a. Uh, I want to have a hand in in more stuff, like be more hands on in a few things, a few projects, and uh, yeah, sort of diversify my role a little bit. So uh, yep. I, at the regional level, you know. Um, like, I love amateur racing. Don't get me wrong. I find, like, Walton super exciting. I think some of the best races happen there. And some of the races I enjoyed watching the most were during those uh, amateur nationals this year. But, 
like as a job, I've done this for 10 years and for sure there's things I want to try different or sort of put more focus on. So yeah. I wouldn't say burnt out, but I'm definitely keen to look at different ways to do different things. Right, right. Um, you see my tweets the other day? Yep. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I see them all. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just not – I mean, I, I've been the guy. I've been the guy. Trust me, if you go down and ask Don Maeda when I worked at Transworld, ask Davey Coombs, I'm – I'm trumpeting Canada. You know what I mean? I lived yep. full da- full time down here. Uh, I follow the AMA series, but I s- still wrote for DMX. I was the editor of Direct Motocross. I'm a Canadian yeah. motocross fan. There's no doubt. Um, but I'm having a hard time keeping my enthusiasm up. Right. So your tweets, though, were three different things. One was okay. you were disappointed that Colton wasn't going down to the States to race. Absolutely. You want to tackle that one first? Sure. That was the first one that came up. And Yeah. He he should have done it. He should have done it. He should have. I know everyone. I you know I've gotten I've gotten a lot of tweets back. Um, people telling me that I'm right, but then also some people saying, "Hey, he's going to get the chance to do it with KTM uh, Canada now and, and and all that." And and that's great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I hope they do yeah. take him racing. But for one, I wonder if it's official in the contract. Hey, we're going to take you to American races. I would love to to know that. And two, it, which it, I think it, it is okay. And two. It, it, you know, doing a two or three races at the end of the year isn't what I'm talking about. The guy should have came down. Look, he can, he can, uh, with all respect to, to Dusty, and well, Tyler Medaglia, I could see Tyler if he rode a 450, maybe getting in that number two spot. But with all respect to to Tyler too, Dusty's head and shoulders above those guys. And if he skipped a year in Canada to try it down here, and he went to back, he went to, he went back to Canada, he'd still be head and shoulders above those guys. Yeah, I don't think you should put Dusty in the mix just because that's. I mean, once you get to know Dusty, that is, it's just not his personality. I mean, he oh, no, is I the know. guy who yeah. who wants to just race bikes part time, and Canada's a place <laughs> he can do that and still get yeah. paid. So yeah, yeah, no. I even if even if Dusty was winning down there, I don't think he'd be pumped on it because he'd be doing it all the time. No, I don't mean, I mean Dusty at all when it comes down to the U.S. stuff. No, I I I guess we got mixed up a little bit. No, Dusty can't. Yeah. He can't do it. He's he's had his yeah. shot. He can't do it, and that's it. Okay. Um, so with Colton, though, I mean, the one thing about Colton is, I, I as a fan, I want him to go there because I know how talented he is, right? I mean, you think about one thing with Colton is he is actually still, as much as he's a professional racer, he's he's doing it six months of the year, and yet he goes down to Southwick and he gets a fifth, and you think he's competing against guys on the best bikes who do this 12 months of the year, six days a week sort of thing, and he's competing with them. Imagine what would happen if he had that kind of effort and resources. So as a fan, I'm like, man, he, he's got to get there. Right. On the other hand, I also understand that he, he's got to, he's getting paid. He's got a comfortable living. And, uh, how many, we're all guilty of, you know, do we all quit our jobs and go find another job? Cause we think we can make a bit more money somewhere else Listen, or be more he, successful. He's got a lot of money in the bank. He can come down and take a shot. And if, you know, by round eight of the Supercrosses, round nine, it's not working out, then he goes back home. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm just talking, give himself six, seven months of working, riding, training, and I know he can do it. He's got the talent. And I'm disappointed that he shirked away, that he, he did not want that challenge. He took the easy road. That's what I'm bummed on. And, and it's not like he's a marginal talent. You know what I mean? We're not like he's t- – Exactly. I, 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 maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but we saw what he could do. 
Um, well, part of it too. I mean, do you not find that you'd like them to go down there and be successful so you can finally say to your friends who you've been saying it to, see, I told you, like, <laughs> these guys are fast. Yeah. That's me partially, right? Right. So, but right. I, I'm with you. I, like, I understand his, like, when, if I have never talked to him about it, so I, I don't know where his mindset is on this, but if he says, you know, I'm just, I want to pay my bills and I can understand that. Same reason I can understand Matt Gorky being up here or Teddy Mayer being up here, right? Right. right. But as a fan, and as a guy who really believes in the the amount of talent that guy has, I want to see him down there too. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't even care what position he gets. I just want to see him take a shot at it, just like you. And I mean, you, but that can be said for guys all the way back. I mean, Blair's Blair's another example. You look back at Blair, and you're like, man, there's a guy who did it six months of the year, and look how talented he was. I wish he would have taken a full shot at it too. So yeah, no, exists uh, throughout the deal. No, I I just think that you know uh, I don't know if you ever listen to the uh, the the Pulpomex show that I do on Mondays, but I, I I had Chisholm on and I told the story about how Kyle had really nothing at the beginning of twenty former Canadian champion by the way he had yeah. nothing at the beginning of twenty ten and he was riding a stock bike and he went and got a couple of elevens in the Supercrosses and then Moto Concepts had it needed a guy and he filled in for them and the rest is history. I mean he went on and. He's now an established top 10 guy, you know, uh, doing well for himself. And I just know that if Fasciati had, you know, rented a house or, or came down, spent, you know, he had to spend some money out of his own pocket, come down here, rent a house, ride the supercrosses, get his bike dialed in. Is he going to be, you know, is he going to have the best of the best? No. But you know what? Uh, down here, if you show that you have the results, someone will start taking care of you more and more, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I, and, I firmly believe he has the talent and the desire and, and all that to do it, and he should have done it. He's going to kick himself one day for not taking that shot. I, I mean, I agree. But I, I think that can be said for a lot of guys in Canada. And um, I just think Colton is the most talented, and that's why we sort of point the finger at him the most. And uh, But I can't argue with that. I mean, right. I, I'd love to see him do it. I, I can only speak to it as a fan, right? And as a fan – of Colton's, I want to see that too. Yeah, and I yeah. wish, uh, if if he called and said, hey, do you know of any way to get me down there? Of course I'd call you and ask you to do it. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I, whatever it would take to get a guy like that down yeah. there, I want to see that. I mean, I think it's good. And I don't want to see him hold back in Canada. And, I, and to be honest, it's not good for our series to have, I mean, one of the most exciting things when he wasn't in the series was, you know, what was going to happen with Dusty and the rest of the guys. And then, right. of course, we realized that Dusty was in second place by 40 seconds, and now he was just in first place by 40 seconds. Right, right? Right, right. But, but the, you know, there was, a, there was some excitement there, and you ne- it wasn't a sort of a predetermined outcome, and that was good. So, yeah. no, you know, I, I, but I mean, if, if he comes back, hey, I'm happy he's come back, and there's nothing wrong with being a good, great Canadian champion. We're fans of Pedersen and all those guys, too, and look back at them as great riders. Wow. But, yeah, but Rollerball and JSR – there's always a yeah, but there's always a yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but now nah, I mean rollerball. I mean he made a mark down here in the U.S. and yeah. JSR partly because, although JSR as we both know him is notoriously thrifty. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I believe that JSR more because of the CMRC CMA. They both weren't very. Both were starting up, ending, going through you know traumatic times. Sure, sure. Yeah. That forced him down south to make money. Um, otherwise, yeah. I'm not so sure he would have done that, did what he did. But regardless, he came down here. He made a mark. He raced full-time many years. And, did, yeah. and you know, that's why we look at these guys as great champions. And, and, and I just think 
And, uh, you know, I've spoken to Fasciati about it. I mean, he's told me, hey, I want to do it. I want to do it. But here's the thing. I think he only wants to do it like a lot of racers these days. He only wants to do it if he's going to get paid and have a good ride. Well, guess what? Hey, sometimes you got to work a little hard for, for stuff, yeah. you know? And, that, and that's huh. – and I can't speak for Colton for sure, but – I think that's what it was. He's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. I got to clean my own air filters. I got to like go to find practice <laughs> tracks. I got to, you know what I mean? But yeah. the payoff is there. The kids got the talent to do it. So no question. So we're not even going to argue with that part of your Twitter. Right. It was. Yeah. A, I agree with you. The other part. Right? The other part. Yeah, we're, we're we're on agreement on that. And and and, and, <laughs> and I'm happy for Andy White. Uh, I like Andy. Yeah. I'm happy for KTM Canada. Um, but I, I just uh, I didn't want to see him do that. So. Yeah. Um, the other part was I'm just I, I'm having a hard time with with sort of the the rudderless non growth of the series, let's call it, and and you know with Blackfoot folding up, that was a real blow to everybody. Um, it's not good when whenever an OEM leaves, and and you can tell me you can sell me on the regional stuff, Beely, but I'm not having it. You know, Kyle Keist out of his van and trailer is not better for Yamaha than having that massive rig. And that that professional presentation that they had, so yeah. you, can, you can try to sell it to me all you want. And Keese is a good guy, and he's going to do well. But I'm just I'm a little just depressed about the series. Cheer me up, help me, help me out. Well, one is it, it wasn't uh, it was not a bad season. I mean, it was a good there was good racing. I think that like we said uh, with. The guys out front, so far out front, that sort of takes away from the excitement and uh, of how good everyone is back in the pack as well, right? I mean, when a guy's winning by mm-hmm. 45, 50 seconds or whatever, of course, you kind of, uh, it's like a little bit of a snoozer. I'm not going to lie about that. There was great race in the back behind those guys, and there is mm-hmm. lots of good support, good teams still involved in the series. And I do think uh, there was, last year was that point where, Maybe uh, there was lots of talk about how we should do this and we should do that, and, and that didn't happen. And I think there's been a lot more pressure now. Not pressure, just right. we, everyone knows that we gotta make, we got to take a step. Every few years, you've got to take a step. You've got to give it a kick in the tush and move it forward. And I don't think this series has ever moved backwards, and that's one good thing. I, can, I, I mean, I'm always proud of the fact that even when it's good times, bad times, it's never moved backwards. Maybe it hasn't moved forward as fast as everyone wants to, mm-hmm. but I'd rather it sort of keep progressing in, in a direction, right? Or okay. even if that progression is slow. And then this year, I mean, I was looking at, like, I buy into what you're saying. So I'm not a guy who just sits around and goes, uh, he's wrong and, no, and uh, hey, that's why I'm going to keep that's... doing what I want to do. So, I, I mean, I look at what the U.S. is doing, and, uh, I mean, the big thing is, Racing is racing. The gate drops and there's a checker flag. And in between that, it, it, you, can, you don't have control of changing that too much, right. Right? right? I mean, I can't go out and pull Colton over and slow him down or anything like that. And we haven't <laughs> that, become like NASCAR where we cut awesome. our series in half. Yeah, you know, would, there's, yeah. we just aren't doing that. But I think what we have to do as a series, and I know this is being taken on, is you know, creating a little bit of change. That Those two Saturday nationals they're going to introduce is a start of some change of freshen things up a little bit. And bringing some life into the pits. I think that really happens, has to happen. I look at the footage I see from uh, in the States, like I can see, I watch online or I see the pictures, and there's a real lifestyle going on in the pits that I think is an important part to capture that for a fan uh, not watching on TV, I mean, to capture the fans who want to go to the races, you got to create something special. And like I said, if you can't control that, those 
two hours on the track. You can control right, it in right. the pits. So, yep, yep. and so I think that's that's a huge thing for that each sponsor is is sort of looking at is how do we create something a little bit more lively in the pits. So it's a bit of a regional celebration because really, you know, the one big difference too between say, and we always compare ourselves to the U S which is not totally good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when the national comes to a province, that's for 99% of the people at that national, the only national they're going to see that year because You know what I mean? When you're in Winnipeg, you're not going to drive to Gopher Dunes 24 hours. Like it's literally like 20, 24 hours between nationals. So I think those regions got to we got to figure out a way. This comes back from CMRC is and back to creating that atmosphere in the pits. That this is a celebration. It's something good. Yeah. And create that uh, uh, atmosphere around it, and not try and be the U.S. by yeah. any means, because right. th- that's never going to happen. I would argue. And I have no facts to back this up, but then again, you have no facts to refute me. I did. Oh, it's gonna be perfect. I, yeah, exactly. I would argue that uh, the Canadian Nationals in the early 2000s, and this is partly because of the economy. Let's face it; it's not, you know, it's nothing to do, and it has nothing to do with the CMRC. Um, I would think that the the, um, the Nationals have taken a step back from those days when it seemed like there was more dealerships. You had the Riversides. You had the um, Ron Ashley's guy, Ron Ashley's dealership. Nelson was John Nelson at Machine Racing was there. Um, Blackfoot was there in a capacity. Um, you had more teams and riders at the, and you had some pit parties and some concerts, and it was more yeah. of a of a festival in the early two thousands. And I went to some of those. I would argue that those were the heyday, and we've taken a step okay. back in Canada. Okay, so here's why I will disagree with that. Yeah. Is because one, well, the one point I will agree with, there was some pit parties and stuff like that that went on through the day, but they were not successful. Okay, because mm-hmm. I was the guy standing up at the stage, and I remember standing beside Jason Mitchell, and I had a ghetto concept concert, and there was like six of us. All right, the idea of it was very cool, and I right. think there was some cool stuff like that around it, the rock climbing wall and all that sort of stuff that they used to have, which is stuff I've already talked about bringing back and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the teams. We just got done saying, like you said, hey, not having Blackfoot's not as good as having three regional teams, right? Right. So, <laughs> you know, you can't have both. When Blackfoot no. came in and they took over, they took over the budget that supported those three regional teams. And now Yamaha's kind of going back to that. So uh, whether or not that's positive or negative, I mean, you say back then it was positive, but now it's negative, right? Well, no, so, I, I just, I mean, uh, there was more people hitting the road for all the nationals. You know, and I don't know what well, they were. For sure, I, but I, I, I don't know if there was. There definitely wasn't more bikes on the track. Is I mean, if each of those teams has three guys or four guys under it, and there's still those small teams that are showing up. I mean, the one thing that was different, say, six years ago, was that there was an East-West thing for the MX2 class, right? right. So Pacific Yamaha or yeah. a whole shot Honda in the West. They could afford to do four races, and they could afford <clears> to schedule that. It's not even financially afforded. It's afford by taking a guy out of their shop and driving back and forth across the country for four weeks. So, yeah, it always appeared there was a lot more small shops sort of hitting the races. But, I mean, our gate entries, our MX2 class is doing really well. We always have at least 60 to 70 riders on the track. And while this doesn't sound great, we pretty much, we never, we filled the gates all the time in the MX1 class. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, I know that doesn't sound good for you because you're used to sort of big qualifiers. But no, in Canada, yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. I mean, in New Brunswick three years ago, we had, 26 guys show up and one guy was wearing an iPod 
<laughs> racing. I think, I think that might have been the one I was at. Um, it was, yeah, uh, I think but so. um, uh, no, I, listen, the, the, the combining of the East West uh, thing, I, I'm all for. I think that was a good move. Right. Um, I don't understand why the purse money hasn't been, been raised. That's a big objection to mine. If you're going to make it a, a, a regional class or a national class, you must put the purse money back to what the 450 guys make. You must match that. Now, of course, I had one longtime promoter. You might know his name. You might know who I'm talking about. Pretty su- runs a pretty successful outdoor series down here in America. Has yeah. a couple of tracks. Family's, yeah. Family runs an off-road series. I don't know. Are yeah. you getting where I'm at? Are you getting? Yeah. Uh, he once told me, Mathis, and he's, this, is a, this is an excellent point, it, we could raise the purse money by 200% and you would still have people complaining. The purse money is always a source of complaints no matter what it is. And he's right. Because there is no yeah. magic number where everybody goes, ah, it's perfect. You're always going to want more, right, as a racer. You're always going yeah. to want to earn more money. But having said that, the CMRC needs to raise that, that purse money on, in the MX2 class. I think that would help. Besides that, uh, good to hear about the gates, the number of racers. And you have a point about the Pacific Yamahas, the – I'm escape. The names are escaping me. Whole shots, whole or shot. machine races, yes, or the right. Tube. I mean, that's just point. part of it, right? right. So, uh, you know, you have a point there uh, about them being able to do half the series, but I don't know. I mean, it's just. I definitely feel feel like you look at things like track. This, I mean, we had we have things like we have a guy who's consistent doing the tracks from round to round to round. That's important, right? That's a change that's being made. We have a really high end production company that puts out the banners and all that sort of stuff. I mean, they're the same guys who do uh, all the Red Bull programs and stuff like that. So they're, they're, a, they're okay. a really good, like Monster went out and hired the best, uh, you know, right. production, event production people out there. So, you know, those things are steps forward for right. sure. I mean, maybe those aren't the things that a fan feels, but those are the things that show up on a television program or show up as a corporate mm-hmm. sponsor walks in and goes, mm, all the banners are tight and they're, they're properly positioned and all that sort of stuff. And that sort of feeds back into the system. So there is stuff that maybe as a casual fan, you're like, well, you know, the autograph, there's an autograph thing with 20 teams. It only has the four rigs or whatever, right? right, right. But, and I mean, think back to the 2000, what a huge deal it was that Gowan showed up with a rig. And that meant, I just felt like the series had exploded forward, right. even though that was just an empty transport shell with a graphic on the outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. it felt huge, right? And so now when everybody has rigs, where do you go now? I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, it's like, the, again, you go, I, I think those things that we have to, we can improve on now. We yeah. can't just send another rig in and make it, it's a huge show. Now it's got to be like, a, it's got to be the atmosphere in that, Right, that point of contact for the fans, they got to feel like that was something good, and that their money spent at the gate was well spent, and that's where I think we're at right now. The uh, um, I, don't, I don't know how much you have to do with this, or how much you even know, but how is the TV package being received? How is it working? Is it uh, is it is it working out? Is it is it a good thing? I, mean, I, I think it's a good, it's a good thing. thing but, I mean, yeah. I can only see from my own touch and feel where I watch it on television stuff because I'm not involved sort of with yeah. the numbers and stuff like that. Right. But, um, you know, we got our deals done with Sportsnet. We're hoping to get into a better deal into Quebec and stuff like that. I know that. So, I mean, the numbers are they're holding because, I mean, that's why, you know, companies like Monster and uh, even the manufacturers that are in, I mean, they're all in for the exception of Honda, who doesn't participate. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, that's a good thing. It, obviously, those guys have to have those numbers justified, and they are being justified to them. So it's yeah, it's holding up to them. I think again, it, I think there's got to be some ways of looking at. I've, I've talked, we talked about this in the off season, is trying to create more of a different feel for it. I always love watching that show, uh, Inside the Moto, is it, at the online right. show that's yep. on Fuel, yep. but. I'd love to see a Canadian show with that kind of feel a bit more because I think the Canadian stories are probably more interesting than right. say, anywhere in the world where guys are working or, you know, it's a, it is yeah. still that privateer struggle to get to the races. Right. Right. And, uh, no, for sure. And, and there's people from all over the world that race a series, you know, the Mason Phillips and, and these type of guys. Yeah. And that's yeah. his vacation really. You know, yeah. he's living in a trailer from New Zealand going across the country. And so is a lot of people. So it's kind of, I, I'd like to see the show go there, but, Honestly, I think Mark Travers does an awesome job, and uh, he's an open and hardworking guy. So mm-hmm. can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't really know. I just hope they're doing well, viewership wise and network wise. You know what I mean? Like, because that is key, getting it on TV. Um, yeah, do you... it'd be nice to get back in the states, into the U.S. to see for more people to see it, and it helps with the uh, for people down there to be just to understand our series a little better, right? Yeah. Do you, do you do you see a time um, from from what you know or from who you talk to? Do you see a time when Honda comes back in, when uh, sure. Suzuki comes back in? Well, Suzuki is in. I mean, uh, they're they're involved in the series, uh, right? And yeah. I think they're talking to a certain rider or two this year about sort of continuing on. Okay. Um, Honda, I think for sure they're seeing. I mean, they took a huge change in direction with their whole philosophy towards they did. Yeah. their entire brand here in Canada. I mean, they moved to those mega power stores and away mm-hmm. from mom and pop Honda dealerships. And I think they're reevaluating that strategy right now. And I know that, uh, you know, they, they were creeping back into racing last year. I mean, if you saw Walton, the amateur national, they were at, present at Walton a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they were present with Medaglia at Montreal and they're president, they're present at the Toronto Supercross. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in this year, if not, 2013, right? Getting back into it in some some form. Um, yeah, you know, I told Dean Thompson this uh, many times, and I think I've I've talked about it. Blackfoot Yamaha, and this could be part of the reason why they almost did too good of a job. You know, uh, they come in, they they win everything almost every year, and if you're Yamaha, you're like, well, you know, there's always the debate. Does winning on Sunday sell on Monday? That's always an internal debate, and you know the facts don't back it up. But there's the marketing push and the the word, the brand, the brand recognition, and all that. And I think if you're Yamaha, you see yourself dominating Canada. Blackfoot's doing a great job for you, and you maybe see bike sales falling because of the economy, because of a, a number of factors. And you're like, wait a minute, we're doing, we're not in the battle for the championships. We are dominating motocross in Canada. And we're still not, you know, and, and let's, but, and mar- let's face it, racing is a marketing tool, and mm-hmm. we're not selling any more bikes. So in a way, Blackfoot being so dominant, and then, of course, not, Yamaha maybe not selling as many bikes, they almost did too good of a job. Because, you know, if you, yeah, if you haven't reached that brass ring yet, if you haven't grabbed that brass ring, you're just like, hey, we got to get it, we got to get it, because if we get it, we're going to sell more bikes and become the biggest brand in Canada. And, and Yamaha maybe went, looked around and went, oh, we already have that brass ring. We actually own it. Right. It's on our neck. No one else can take it, and we're still not selling. Do you agree with that? And uh, and, and at a certain point, and I, I, I don't know if I, I buy all of that. I mean, I think it's still important to be the best you can be, right? Yeah. Um, but 
I do think customers sometimes glaze over. And I, I mean, it probably happened in the U.S. when Carmichael was killing everyone every weekend. You know, you sort right. of, you do, you glaze over as opposed to when someone who shouldn't be up front up front, you become engaged and excited in it, well, right? But that's, and, a, but that's and, as a fan. I mean more like as a, as a manufacturer. You're like, yeah, no, but I'm yeah. saying that, that, that comes back to the fan's point of view. I mean, maybe oh, right. okay. you don't like – you like you become almost resentful to that team that's winning, and you don't go buy Yamaha because <laughs> they're the guys that are always winning sort maybe. of thing. And, yeah. and, you, and, and you get attracted to sort of these more gritty efforts or, yeah. or what have you. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know what this, the thinking is. I mean, you like you said, uh, Yamaha has been very dominant, very professional – looked great and had the best riders and I don't I, I mean their numbers are good they are strong in Canada but then again like they've said uh KTM is one of their probably top competitors and KTM has a sort right. of a more grassroots effort that's been going on the last couple of years so we'll see yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and uh, but I definitely think racing is important because Honda has fallen off the map in Canada and and that's just because they are not present anywhere they're not present right. at the racetrack they're not present in racing and and it's whether or not, again, I don't I don't know if the num what the numbers tell them, but my eye when I look down the line, I don't see a single Honda there. Says it's yeah. not a good thing not to be racing. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. Uh, and and they make a great product. You know what I mean? So it's not like they're yeah. You know their 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 bikes are great. Um, yeah, no one gets off a Honda and goes, it feels funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. you've uh, you've been to. Um, You've been to the Nationals many years. You know, we've had the Dusty Clatt, Colton Fasciati, Tyler Medaglia, uh, Canari even. Who's the next guy coming up? Give me the next guy. Uh, I I think it's uh, right now it's Sean Moffenbeier. Moffenbeier, yeah. Um, Moffenbeier's really good. He, he's, he's here's the thing that no one – he, he, he kind of gets year. lost in that thing that Fasciati got lost in is that he started racing pro when he was like 14 or 15, Right. right? So he's been around now for five, six years. And so, you know, again, uh, people have sort of passed him by as sort of a, a veteran of the class, but he's like 19, right? Right. And so as a 19-year-old this year, if you followed him, first of all, he's real dedicated to training. So when I look at a young rider, I mean, speed comes in those early 20s at the pro level. Like they sort of come into their own, and you can see that. But, uh, you know, if they're training, that's the thing. Like, he's fit right now. He's got a great program. He's got a good attitude. And this year, you can see, like, every single round confidence growing. And, like, at Sandalee, he ran up in the top three for a while. And it seems like every round, he started off, hey, I can run in the top ten. And then as it went on, the series went on, hey, I can run in the top five. And by the end of it, he's like, hey, I can run in the top three. Yeah. And a guy like that is going to come into next year saying I can run in the top five and that's going to turn in the podiums. And yep. when he, in, in two years, you know, which isn't a long ways down the road, he's going to be contending for national championships. And he's and from Saskatchewan. Who knows? He's, he's from Saskatchewan. He's from Saskatchewan. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could, and so I, I like him. I think he's really, really talented. I, I think he's got some good stuff going for him. And then of course, uh, Cole Thompson, um, that kid is unbelievably talented. I believe Where it, yeah. he chooses a race is, I don't know what he's going to do, but yeah. he's for sure. Wherever he races, he's going to be a competitor. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. I, I think he's looking to go down here, but who knows? Yeah. Um, what? What yeah. Uh, do we? Uh, Those want... two are the guys I like. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I, I, you know what? I, I never saw any of the races this year. I didn't go up, and I didn't see them. And I never got the DVDs, so I didn't see him off and bar. But I certainly. Followed him, uh, you know, all year on, in the in the interviews and the press and the race results and everything. Yeah, he looked like he took a huge step up. So, um, yeah. 
do we even want to talk about the media stuff or no? People are going to wonder why. I, no. I, I, you guys need to figure it out. So, and I don't well, mean you, Brett Lee. It's like, open part. Yeah. We, we, uh, the series needs more help that way. And I hope someone over there, not you, because I believe you, you're one of the guys that are that get it. The series needs it to, to, to be more opening, more open and more accepting of other stuff. So, um, yeah. And I think you see that, like, I mean, I know everyone kind of poked fun at it, but it, it was a start was, you know, there's no, everyone's welcome to come in and set up a display. And one thing you should be, we should, I think does need to get pointed out is it's never been, you can't come in, you can't cover the series. You can't get passes. I mean, Every anyone you've who's asked always, for passes you've from a always, media source uh, has got them. Yes, I mean, basically, all you have to do is show me a business card, and I I don't even have to. You may be covering kittens, but you show me a business <laughs> card, I'll let you on the track to cover our race, right? Kittens, so, kittens, and racing. No, for the for the record, you've always been uh, no problems with me or anything or anybody that I know as far as getting a pass and getting into the race. Absolutely. No. Yeah. No, but I think there's a perception out there that has to be worked on, and that's that everybody's, yeah. you know pulling the rope in the same direction, and that's what we're doing, right? I mean, whether you're at MXP, uh, DMX, Inside Moto, Cycle Canada, or the Toronto Star, I'm trying to, you're trying to promote the sport of motocross, right? Yeah. So when we all know that and we all agree on that, that's... Well, I think, you know, you know so, some of my bitterness just lays in the fact that, you know, I mean, and you can say what you want about the MX Forum guys, and I certainly have said... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say MX Forum either. Oh yeah, you didn't. Go ahead. Say, yeah, no, you didn't say that. When they have an idea to do a webcast and sort of pull it together, and, and you know, then the next year they're kind of not doing it. Um, you know, when people want to do video shows, then it's the, sort of like, now we're doing video shows. You know, everybody needs to come in and contribute and help out, and we all need to be rewarded for it. When the monster, when the series sponsor, the Monster Energy, does not allow some media people in the in their area, it's just it's it's BS, as we all know. So. Right. Uh, we all got to, you know, if somebody else has a better, if someone else from another media outlet has a good idea to promote the series, let them do it. Let them do it. You know, short of yes. running onto the racetrack and affecting the races, let them do it because we all need the exposure. So, um, I would agree. Um, and, and, and that could be said too about the U.S. Supercross too. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, and, and they need help with it too. I, I talk about it all the time. Um, you know, they do not get it. They want, the unfortunate part is they want to control everything and they want it all under their under their grip but they're hugely successful and profitable and so you can at least give them that i don't believe the cmrc nationals the canadian nationals are at that point uh right. cmrc are is a well i don't they, agree with the philosophy whether you are at that point or not right so right, i do right. think it's going to be better and uh yeah. and I, I mean like it's not that i don't have uh i talked to the guys that MX Forum, I talked to the guys at DMX, and yeah. so I think, you know, I mean, the guys from DMX who did their thing, they did it out of my house last year, right? right? Yeah, yeah, no, one's, no one, like that. so I there's think, some cooperation, no and, one can and ever as say, much as people say CMRC or, or not, you know, I'm representing CMRC too, so. Yeah, but you know, you know what goes on there, and you know <laughs> the stuff, I mean, you know, you know, you get it. There's you, a but, grassy knoll. No one is I going know. to say, no one is going to ever say Brett Lee. <laughs> screwed us over or you know what i mean like you get it you're you help no out. people do say that but that's okay <laughs> not you hey uh uh what about the motocross nations what what are we going to do it. about that what are we going to do about that like i okay. do, i do not believe that carl bastido 
is the way and the CMA, the CMA is the proper way to run the team. I, I, I just don't get it. I know riders who have ridden there. It's it's done cheesily. It, it, some things work, some things don't. Um, we don't have our – you know what? That may change. We may now have – with Blackfoot folding up, we may have an effort from KTM. But what yeah. what do we got to do? Like, well, what, well I someone have a theory needs on to this, reach out. And, I mean, I've tried to get – I don't know if you've seen this theory. I printed or did write about it. But I think the first step is getting guys down to the States, right? I, I, I think it's – every time I've seen the motocross the nations with Canadians there – they seemed overwhelmed and underprepared. That that was like the common thread at everyone. The only exception may have been when we went to Lirup and, you know, JSR was there and Blair was there and the Blackfoot guys were supporting them and they had a really good – they had some experience and some support there. But right. every other time it seems like, you know, it's just a – it just seems like sending Mitch Cook and Dean Wilson and Tyler Medaglia over to Europe a couple of years ago and they're wheeling off the starting line and – they just seemed overwhelmed, right? And so, to me, I get looking at it, I'm like, well, of course they're overwhelmed because, I mean, for guys like Mitch, he hasn't even raced a U.S. national recently, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel there needs to be sort of a – it's like, again, I compared it to the uh, World Juniors. We would never take our World Junior Hockey t- program and send those kids to play in the gold medal game at the Olympics. We prepare them. We, we, we take them up through different steps of development, right? And I think – as the first step of this country, we need to work on getting guys to U.S. Nationals. Get them support. Have, like, a mini-team Canada at some Steel City National, which is a program that we are trying to work on up here this year. And let them go there and race in front of a big crowd, in front of a pressure, in a pressure situation. Mm-hmm. And then we start sending them over to Europe, right? Because as long as we keep sending kids over there who have never raced outside of Canada, I can pretty much tell you what's going to happen. They're going to crap their pants crash and not really know what the hell's going on right Right, right. and then come back feeling like they let down the world right which isn't even close to being true so i mean again go back to even thunder uh, Thunder, colorado thunder valley yep yeah keist and benoit had never raced a u.s national they'd never they'd only raced in canada well keist tried to qualify qualify for southwick but didn't didn't do it so yeah didn't actually race right yeah well, so, I mean, yeah. there, there you go. His last experience wasn't totally positive, right? Right. right. No, so well, there has to be a building step in there, well, in my well, opinion. Well, you're, yeah, you're, what you're saying is all well and good, but what we got to get is someone, the CMA and the CMRC, figuring it out. And I, I don't know who to si- assign more blame to. I don't think it really matters at this point. That's what we need to figure out. Well, yeah, and that's – This that's is not going to happen, right? That, and that's not something you and I are going to figure it over no. right now. I but mean, as long as that – I don't know what the answer is. Right. As long as that keeps happening, I, I believe we will struggle. We just – it's just – yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, right? I mean, come on. You're a Moto guy. You're a Moto fan. Yeah. You know well, how, I want to see the guys do good. You don't know that's how much, for sure. You don't know how much shit I got this year for Canada not even sending a team. <laughs> I cannot deal with that again. Like, I had, yeah. I had guys, you know, like Chad Reed who – barely pay attention, just rib me, love it. You know what I mean? Like, they just thought it was awesome. I can't go through that again. My therapy bill will be too much well, money. Well, what I do know is if KTM was just to send their team this year, that would be a pretty strong team. And the thing that does make me excited about that team is yeah. they're not going to rely at all on CMA or that motocross donations uh, t-shirt, t-shirt fundraiser t-shirt deal. T-shirt funds. I mean, they're going to be able to rely on their <clears throat> Red Bull sponsors. They're going to be able to rely on KTM Europe, yes. and they're going to be able yes. to sort of make a real run at it. But that's not a long-term solution. Let's hope that that 
yeah, in the, in the short term, let's hope that that's what happens. And we're and we just send the team KTM, and we're all good, and they all on their race bikes, and everything's funded properly. And Carl is just hopefully off to the side, not not doing anything. That would be perfect. Yeah, it's, it's not totally fair to put it all on him. I mean, no, it's not. But, but he's uh, the face of it, so that he has to take the criticism uh, and the and the applause and the. Uh, yeah, you're right. So yeah, he's like the Stally. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you got to take it all. So that's that's the way it works. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, how many years for Walton now? Uh, last year was our twentieth year, so it was uh, kind of a good year last year. Twenty twenty years of doing that yeah. that event, and and, and, and it's uh, growing. It's good. It's successful. It seems to work. Looks like it from the yeah, outside. Yeah, actually, it it has done uh, really well. I mean, we've we've grown. We don't grow as an entry event because it's a capped event, just like Loretta Lens or anything uh-huh. like that. Yeah. But uh, it has become it's so well accepted by our community. Um, it's really well accepted by our sponsors and the industry, and I think we do a pretty good job of trying to make as many people feel like they got a, they're empowered at that event and they got a role at that event. That mm-hmm. uh, we're in good shape. I mean, I think I think we do a pretty good job. I mean, it seems you know a lot of people take pride in winning at it and take pride in coming to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all you can really ask for, right? Right, right. Like I said, it's been a good event. It's been successful, and it's been going for twenty years, and that's not an easy thing to do in, in motorsports and yeah no, there's I, always things you probably want to do a little bit better but uh do you, do you uh, um do you overall sleep, we're happy do you sleep much that whole week uh, i'm sleeping more than i used to i don't have to do as much as i used to. there's 325 people who work there on that week wow huh? so jeez yeah it's huge so it's not like uh back in the day when it first started and there was like 15 of us and we're bailing hay the week before to get it out <laughs> the pits clear and stuff like that yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a little bit more it's got uh, some structure to it now and there's a lot of stuff that goes on at it and um there's a lot of people there so you know it's it's a lot better than it used to be but it's still long days I'll tell you it's right. uh you know 5 in the morning to midnight sort of thing each each day so, um, uh, hey, I, I, and I, uh, I, I don't know too much about this, so, so I'll ask you your opinion of it. And, and what do you, you know, I read MX Forum. What do you make of these clubs popping up and sort of this club war going on? In, it looks like it's going on in Ontario, and that's yeah. it. Um, and, again, I don't know too much about it. I see both sides. You know, having too many clubs is definitely a bad thing, but then having some competition yeah. is, is a good thing, and, and, and it makes everybody step their game up. Um of course, we can always, you know, uh, be better as uh, as a media, as a track owner, as a sanctioning body. But what what do you make of this? Is it real? I mean, is it something that is causing issues in Ontario? Um, well, definitely, it's causing issues in terms of not in the profitability of races for promoters, right. and that causes problems for racers because, you know, if you're a promoter, you're not going to invest as much into your race if you if you have a lot at risk, and if the yeah. risk is up there because you don't know if anyone's going to show up. It's, right. it's the chicken and the egg sort of thing you start chasing around. I don't think it has this big effect. and I mean, I know it doesn't have really a huge effect on the actual clubs right. who exist and their membership because people buy memberships and then they go race. They may now they're just buying three or four memberships as opposed to buying well, one or two, right? What I don't understand is there was a lot made of the $140 CMRC uh, membership. That is a tank of gas. I, I, big deal. If you If you – if you're balking at joining the CMRC, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I didn't get the intent of the thread. You help me out if I'm wrong. But if you're balking at the CMRC $140 membership, then yeah. then I think maybe you're you shouldn't be racing because that literally is some gas, a couple of air filters, and a, and some graphics at your local dealer. You know, so yeah. 
uh, you know, if somebody else offers a membership for $50, well, big deal. You know what I mean? That yeah. that should not be a determining factor on what you're going to where you're going to race, what you're going to do. Right? Yeah, I I don't really understand that. I mean, I do I I mean, I understand $140 is is money that everyone wants to hold on to. Well, but, yeah, uh, but everything costs every membership out there costs money and they're relatively comparable. Right. Uh I, I mean, it comes back to I there's too many the pro, the big under big problem in Ontario and this is just an Ontario problem because in most regions across the country there's singular there there's not multiple clubs competing but in Ontario there's just too there's there's probably more racers right now than there ever has been really the problem is oh wow that's, yeah well, that's good that's well this good. is this yeah. is the thing though is that there's also there can be up to nine races in one weekend so you get nine races going on and I can tell you right now nobody's going to get a good turnout I shouldn't say just in Ontario but you put in New York State which guys are an hour from you put in Michigan which even I'm only an hour from right. you put in a bunch of small clubs you put in some CMRC you put in up in the Ottawa and the northern and central and all that those regions together and there's a lot of motocross going on so what we need to do is everybody needs to look at how do we not run races on the same weekend close to each other on right. top of each other, that whole deal, right? right. Because that is what, and it's not, the problem with these, all these races going on is it's not killing the guys who are, it's not killing the CMRC or the other clubs that are out there. What it's killing is the guys who own the land, the, the, the promoters, because right. they're getting crappy turnouts, and, and they need good turnouts to pay for the land, the tractors, and all that sort of stuff to, is to it- justify doing races. And I don't know how much. And I, again, I, I'm not trying to point, paint you in a corner. Obviously, the Lee family, yourself, you work for the CMRC. You're a CMRC bias. Yeah. You, you guys, you know. So I'm not trying to like. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to get anything started. I'm just curious. I'm like, what is going on? Because I've been reading some of that stuff. Is it? I mean, is it? Is it just greed? Is that what it is? Uh, is, is somebody somebody says I can make, you know, more money if I'm going to start my own organization and and and. Is that what it is? I mean, are they offering a no, viable alternative? Well, it's, it's I mean, business. I mean, no one starts these things without going, I'm going to try and figure out a way to lose money on this deal, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just <laughs> yeah, not. Right. So obviously they want to start a business that they think they can do better and that they can make money doing, right? Right, right. I mean, right, yeah. no, the underlying factor of any anything out there is they want to make a living doing They have to make a living doing this. I mean, I have to make a living doing this because – Otherwise, yeah. I I oh. can't have four of us living in a box. It's I'm just do- not going to work. For I'm me. doing this podcast so I can make a living. So yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So uh, it's not great. It's just you know, it's it's an easy thing to sort of. It, it looks easy to do, and it seems like uh, you know, it it isn't a lot. Like again, you look at those forums, and sometimes they represent the vocal minority, right? Yeah, absolutely, I think without, a, without a doubt. I think yeah. a little bit of the, that is there because you don't see. Uh, the track owners on there that much, and the track owners are really the ones that, you know, hold the risk and hold, hold of all this stuff going on. So, right. you know, I can see in the future track owners getting tighter. You know, and, well, you uh, certainly got a good. You certainly got. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. you. You certainly have a good um, grasp on it because you do work for the CMRC, but your family owns a track. So you, I mean, you, right. you've you've been there. You know, right. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I understand the the problems that exist in it. I don't. Yeah necessarily pretend to know i know all the answers and and some of it is like there's just people out there who are there's there's people out there who don't like steve mathis and and if it was cheap enough to go start a podcast show to run after you they probably would right and so that's kind of what's going on in canada a little bit too it's it's easy to 
to start a sanctioning body, it's hard to run one well. Well, right? I'm, so. just, I'm shocked that you said people don't like me. <laughs> you asked me if I follow your Twitter. I see the odd tweet. Yeah, good point. Um, all right. Uh, hey, you know, I was looking at um, I was looking at uh, the Walton history of the Walton. I think a little while ago, and I believe the first winner was Ross Peterson, pro winner. Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Pro winner? No, that's not true. But he was right in there. Oh, I thought uh, the I first, thought he won the, the very first. No, the first pro winner was uh, Craig Prattley from England. Yeah. What year was and, that? Uh, and that uh, I believe it was ninety. Uh, I got to look it up. It was like ninety ninety one. Are you sure? Ninety one nineteen. I thought it said yeah, Ross Craig Prattley. The first year that anyone won it, actually, Ryan Hunt is a guy from South Africa, and Craig Prattley, a guy from England, came over and they borrowed bikes and. Uh, they raced and they won, and then they beat, uh, Ross Pedersen won. I think the next year they beat Valancourt, Rollerball, Dick, all those dudes back then. Uh, no, because that was right back in the uh, the day when everyone was scrapping, right? Okay. So I think they beat like Bill Wallen and uh, okay. a couple of guys like that. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me give me your best Rollerball story because certainly you you raced against him. You had, he came to your track and he worked for Blackfoot and the TV crew for a little bit. Yeah, he worked so, for the TV crew. I, so. I, I think one of my favorite. I, I got a whole bunch, like well, a couple where he tried to run people down or run uh, run people and stuff like that. But uh, one <laughs> that people would t- probably take appreciation to was uh, when they were in Lethbridge and the he was working both for Blackfoot and for um, uh, CMRC. So everyone's out at a big dinner and. Mm-hmm. Ross started talking right in the middle of the dinner. He's like, I'm going to take care of this, right? And so he's, he's, he, Ross is big and bigger than life. And he's ordering drinks. And, and when people said they didn't want one, you know, he was like, I get him one more, bring him one more sort of thing, right? right so right, right. he, uh, he takes care of everyone at that meal and everyone high fives Ross as they're going out. And, uh, the next day, Ross invoiced Stally for the whole meal. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, left Mark with the bill on that one. So I always thought that was kind of a classic Ross right there. You know, life of the party, but he figures out how to get out of it uh, at yeah. the end of it, too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, he's a lot of fun. That guy was a ton of fun to deal with. And, you know, Ross is one of those guys when you're you're sitting talking to him and you feel like you're bigger than life, too. Like, he just, uh, mm-hmm. he's a good guy and he's a lot of fun to be around. And like oh. I said to you earlier, uh, this year, and it was the best that guy's looked in a long time. I saw him last year, and uh, I was a little worried for him. And this year, I saw him, and I, I felt pretty pretty good. And he almost came to Walton this year to do a hot lap for us, but he uh, crashed the week before. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on doing some, something for Toronto Supercross too for a couple of years. Um, yeah, what? Uh, how'd you ever do as a pro? Well, I'm, I remember, I remember reading your name here and there because I, we were, were same age. We were kind of coming up at the same time. Not that I'm comparing myself. I mean, I wasn't very fast, but. Uh, Although I do have four yeah. Manitoba titles. Anyways, um, how, how'd you ever do? How, how, what was sporadic. I was a sporadic guy. Like, <laughs> I crashed a lot. And uh, sometimes I went really fast, and sometimes uh-huh. I didn't. And uh, But uh, I, I kind of was that guy who ran around 10, 10, to, 10 to 15, sometimes inside the top 10. Sometimes yeah. I'd do good. And sometimes, But I never put a couple of good motos together, and that was always my problem at Nationals. And, <laughs> right, uh, right. But, uh, you know, I, I liked it, and I, I got to races, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, to all my buddies around here, I was smoking fast, that's for sure. Well, that counts <laughs> but, for uh, something. Huh? That counts for something. Yeah, no, I think so. So, uh, no, no I, I, I think I wasn't not happy with how I did. I did really well as an amateur coming up through. I, You know, I, I think, like, the second year I raced, I, I did good at Loretta's in the C class, which 
isn't really a true championship class in my opinion, but Hey, I got the trophy yeah. and, uh, won some intermediate national championships and did just a good, did good as an amateur. What, what year did you, was a little bit jerky. What year did you do amateur stuff in Canada? Was it? Did you, uh, did you ninety. I want to say like ninety three. I won the intermediate championship. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, I was a pro in ninety two in Canada, so I would have missed yeah. you. But yeah, um, and then I went pro right after that. So yeah, that, I mean, like I said, I think I, I, I mean, I did well regionally, and I did well. There's, it's nothing that you know. Even though we look back and we say. Uh, Canadian nationals are slow or whatever. It was still you had to go fast, right? Right. And, uh, oh, yeah. A lot of people didn't do it. So is that is that uh, how is that how you got melodies? You saw you dominate local Ontario race. Is that yeah, something something along those lines. I think she <laughs> saw me. She saw me in my last yard, the last pro race I ever raced. She saw, and that's when I blew my ankle into about a hundred pieces. So uh, <laughs> she, um, she drove me home. Yeah, exactly. Best best race you've seen at Walton, and I mean, good guy, you've seen eight million of them, but. Best race. Uh, so one that sticks out. Yeah, I don't really have too many to stick out. I mean, I just have moments. I love some of the moments that you see at Walton. I loved Tyler Medagley when he won his qualifier as an amateur. I loved uh, Dubé when he rode with no seat there. I mean, that was <laughs> right. that was unbelievable to du- watch. Dusty, uh, watch it happen. Dusty flipping off the officials. <laughs> Dusty flipping off the officials. I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of cool kind of Chuck Mesley, like uh, literally carrying his bike, and then he flipped it end over end to get it across the finish line after it blowing up. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I remember uh, Blair Morgan, the year he was close to the championship, and we had to cancel the final moto. He was fighting and fighting that we run that final moto. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. So they drove him out to the first corner. And there was two dogs swimming in the first corner, and he kind of looked at it and looked at us and conceded on that one. But there was like, a, a, you know, like a golden retriever swimming circles in the first corner. So right, there's right. just a lot of cool mo- moments that always happen. Well, I mean, Hamlin when he showed up in a Kawasaki after riding Hondas after riding all Hondas, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just those are those moments that sort of create hype. And you know, we we're talking about what gets you excited. And yeah. Walton seems to be lucky to have those moments. Even having Julian Bill there this year, mm-hmm. I mean, that guy brought a lot of hype to that event. And uh, it's too bad it was a mutter because I think he could have uh, yeah. maybe won one. So. Nick Way? Nick Way showing up as a 16 Nick Way, and Nick Way is a cool memory because the first year Nick won there, he was in, he hadn't turned pro in the States. He was going the next week to turn pro. Right. And he pitted in, on our front lawn of our house that weekend because we, our pro pits were sort of where the amateur pits are now, and uh-huh. there was no room, and he showed up late. So him and his dad out of the old – I think it's like the 586 trailer they had. Yeah, uh, pit it right on our front lawn. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. It's a lot of cool things like that. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, races are. I don't see as much racing as I'd like to when I'm working, but uh, right. I just those mel- those moments always stick out for me for sure. Right on. Well, hey, uh, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. Been trying to get you for a while. You've been avoiding me, ducking me, bobbing and weaving. Yeah. No, no, just just hard to get a hold of. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Th- thanks for doing the podcast for sure. We should we should do, we should do more of these. We could really have. Yeah, for out. sure. Uh, thanks for calling me, and uh, like I said, I always kind of enjoy uh, enjoy talking and have a good uh, Christmas down there. All right. Uh, all right. Thanks, Brett. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you.